because how I got the job is my mom worked for Nokia for a long time and uh, not on the floor or anything. She was like up at the more, she wasn't an executive, but she was in the office, like the business part of it. And uh, so she got me the job there. And uh, yeah, it was a bummer. It was not a good, it was, I, it started at 6 a.m. And before everybody got on the factory line, you did like these group workouts. And so there would be a guy that would call out to your line, your manufacturing line. They would say, one, you know, they'd arms out and you'd put your arms out and you'd go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And you would circle your arms, make a circle. They do these like workout, like stretch type of routines to make sure that, you know, you were ready to go for your job. Yeah, it's really weird talking about it now, actually. But six, yeah, from 6 a.m. to like 3 p.m. It was the summer after I graduated before I went off to college. And uh, I stayed with it for maybe four. I did it with a buddy, right? Like a really good friend, actually. And we would ride to work together. And one morning after only like three or four weeks into this thing, we went, man, this is just not that good a job. And uh, he was like, you want to go get donuts? I was like, sure. And we just kind of, that's how we quit. That's probably the only job I ever quit. It was literally the only job I ever quit. And I just, yeah, it was just such a bad gig that I, but anyways, I like to include that because, you know, I sold cell phones for a long time and now we write about cell phones. So I feel like I really came full circle with the whole thing. And I think your new role at IDB should be uh, <laughs> responsible for the morning workout for the entire team. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could come up with a health plan, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a joke of a workout, right? It, it took maybe five minutes and it was really just moving your arms around. But that was kind of burning my brain. I can almost like I can tell you the the uh the rhythm of the guy's voice that would lead us like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten all right we gotta get more to talk about than just uh, your summer job <laughs> your five minutes of fame <laughs> at nokia <laughs> uh, but oh, i want to thank our sponsor luna display uh, Luna Display sorry, is making hardware solution that turns your ipad into a wireless display for your mac you can use your iPad as a very portable second display for your Mac. You can take it with you anywhere you go. You go. It has a stunning image quality and virtually zero lag. Uh, you can set it up in just seconds. You just plug in a little USB dongle, uh, USB-C or USB-A dongle into your Mac, and it works right away over your existing Wi-Fi connection. If you don't have Wi-Fi, uh, if you're traveling or somewhere with no internet connection, uh, you can also use it over USB. Luna Display works as a complete extension to your Mac with full support for external keyboards, Apple Pencil, and of course, touch interaction. It literally turns your Mac into a touchable device. Let's Talk iOS listeners can get an, ex an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Visit lunadisplay.com and enter promo code TALK at checkout. The link and the promo code is in the show notes, lunadisplay.com, promo code TALK. We have uh, a couple of news items on the docket today. The first one up is uh, Google's I.O. This is basically their version of WWDC. It's where they talk to developers. They uh, talk about the future of their platform, you know, which is Android. And then uh, a lot of times, like this time, they unveil new hardware. And so uh, uh, this year they unveiled Android Q, which is uh, going to be the next version of their Android operating system. It has a lot of features in common with what we're expecting for iOS 13, no? Just with the uh, the dark mode and uh, some of the AR stuff. Yeah, yeah, it does. Nothing groundbreaking. Um, 
No, to, to me, there was nothing in a hey, full disclosure, Cody. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch the entire thing. I watched The Verge's uh, 10 minutes recap or something, and I think I got everything I needed. I didn't feel right. like sitting down for two hours of Android. Um, but, uh, and I don't want to go into a deep dive uh, in, in that, but I just want to go about some interesting stuff um, that I picked up or maybe you picked up from this. Um, to me, there was no groundbreaking features. Uh, it seems like like the days of, of introducing, well, I guess we've reached a plateau um, in terms of technology and, and, and what you can do. And the low-hanging fruits have been picked up for a while, I think both on Android and, and iOS. And of course, you can always see some pretty cool stuff in demo and stuff. But it's we don't. I don't feel like we see anything as uh, wowing as we used to see like five, six, seven years ago in the early days of the smartphone. But still, um, some interesting stuff uh, from um, from uh, Google. Of course, maybe in terms of hardware, the most in- interesting thing is their um, cheap, cheaper <laughs> Pixel. Uh, phones. Uh, they came up with the Pixel 3a, and the other one, I think it's called the Pixel 3a XL. That's kind of a mouthful. Took me five minutes to to say it, to read it the first time. <laughs> um, and I, I watched a couple of videos, like ex- other videos about this one, like hands-on reviews and things like this, like early re- hands-on reviews. And it seemed to be a fairly decent uh, device for the price. Uh, what I've seen from the few videos that I watched was that um, it looked like Android, um, Google didn't cheap out on the camera of these devices. And you know, like these days, the, the camera is a huge selling point for any smartphone. And uh, it looks like they did a great job, uh, including a, a very, very good camera in this otherwise fairly inexpensive smartphone. It starts at 400 bucks. Uh, for the, uh, the smaller version, and it, it goes up in price, of course. Uh, but it seems like a, a a very decent entry-level phone if you're into Android, of course, and if you're into uh, uh, the Google lifestyle. The Pixel phones, to me, other than the camera, which I'll get to in a second, but other, other than that, they've never really been special, right? Um, nothing really has stood out about them um, versus some of the other Android devices. But I will always recommend Pixel phones just because of their pure Android experience. You know, if you go Samsung or if you go uh, LG, you're going to have to deal with these skins. You're going to have to deal with their own versions of the apps. So a lot of times you'll get double apps on there. Android, you know you're getting the... Mm, excuse me. <coughs> Bless you. Don't don't choke. Yeah. Don't choke live on the podcast. I, that would Yeah, I literally like I don't know what happened. I that would make for a good title more. though. <laughs> Cody dies live. <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. That that uh, was kind of dark, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that escalated quickly. <laughs> um where was I at? Oh yeah, Pixels. Uh the pure Android experience though, and not just for you know, uh, visually, but you get all the updates quickly. Um, you don't have to wait for like the carriers to to approve and push out the updates. So I always recommend people who are looking for Android devices, go Pixel. Now to the cameras, that I think really sets them apart. I'm really surprised that Apple has allowed itself to what I believe is be overtaken by Google in this area. Yeah. And there could, there's arguments, right? You could argue for both ways. And, and I would agree with both sides. It's, it's a tough pick. But I think that Google has really done some fantastic things with its camera and the software with the camera. 
And I think they're just so highly regarded. They've got some of these special features, right? Like the wide version of the selfie, um, the quick takes, right? It'll take a bunch of shots to make sure that you get the right shot, which I know iPhone can do to an extent. Right. But uh, the fact that they were able to squeeze these uh, awesome cameras, keep what's great about the Pixel lineup in these $400 phones, you got to think that's $250, $300 cheaper than Apple's cheapest iPhone. Yeah. Um, so if we ignore all the stuff that I think is kind of going by the wayside anyways, right? Like the speed, the processor, the memory, if, if we ignore all that stuff and just say, okay, what are people really gravitating towards these days? And it's the camera, man, it's hard to argue that, uh, at $400, this new pixel isn't a great deal. Yeah. Yeah. If we're getting into the camera thing, I'm, I'm, I'm still super impressed. And I feel the consensus is that the pixel line has a better camera. Than, than the iPhone line. I think that's a general consensus for, you know... Uh, I feel that way for, too, For yeah. tech people in general, like if, I'm sure if you're going to ask like an, an Apple uh, fanatic, it's probably going to uh, <laughs> vote for, for the iPhone. Um, but I'm, I'm personally more impressed with what I see uh, coming from, from the Pixel and, and Google. Like their computational photography, like what they do uh, in dark, not in dark mode, uh, they call this uh, night sight, uh, low, yes, you know, low that's light, exactly the low yeah. light uh, picture pho- photography. I mean, this is quite amazing. And of course, maybe uh, one of the uh, top camera features is the portrait mode that they do, uh, mind you, without adding a second lens like the iPhone uh, XS or the iPhone 10 does. Uh, so it relies entirely on uh, computational photography. It relies entirely on software to create the, these uh, portrait mode photos, which to me are much better than the one you take on an iPhone. So y- I think a lot of people would argue that, well, on the Pixel, you don't actually see the blur, you know, you don't see it in a live happening on your screen. So you don't really know what you're shooting. You only see the blur effect coming to life after you've taken the picture. You know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about that. I would, I would gladly uh, give up the ability to see live what I'm the picture that I'm taking on my phone with the blur effect in action, and and have something a picture of the quality of what the Pixel can do in terms of portrait. Because I, you, you know you've heard me complain about this many times. Like the the iPhone portrait mode is not that great. There's always like a, something. There's always a little artifact in the portrait photo that said that. That you're like, ah, oh, that would be a great photo, <laughs> except that it, you know, didn't blur between my legs or between my child's arms or something. There's always this little part of the photo, uh, or a big part of the photo that's messed up. It's very, very, very rare that I get a hundred percent correct uh, portrait photo on iPhone, and I believe that the success rate on on the Pixel is much, much, much higher. So when you see that Apple mm, is rumored to introduce a third camera on the iPhone, <laughs> I'm left wondering, like, why? Why? Like, if Google can make that great of photography with one lens, why do you need three? Why do you need three lens to do, to do what can be done in one or maybe even two? That's, that kind of baffles me that Apple is investing, like, so much in the hardware, but not enough, to me, in the software side of photography on, on the iPhone. Who knows? Things might change at WWDC. We, they might introduce new features and things like this, but um, I guess that would be more new features coming up for the new iPhone, which they would introduce in September. So things might change still, but I'm 
at this at this point in time, I'm more impressed by photography on on Pixel than I am by the iPhone. Yeah, uh, way to bring up the uh, night sight mode. That's probably the most impressive to me, yeah. and it's something that I've shown off to uh, other not maybe not so tech savvy friends, but friends that are interested in uh, phones and 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 what they're capable of. And everybody's just always blown away by when I show them. Okay, this is what. It, the regular photo would look like this is with night sight on or night mode or whatever it's called. And um, everybody's always just blown away by how much better the second photo is. And when we talk about this, I think back to, um, you know, a couple years back when we used to do articles, it felt like pretty regularly on Apple or the iPhone is now the number one camera on Flickr. Apple, app, you know, the iPhone is now the number one camera, or the, the iPhone now makes up the top three of the top five cameras on on Flickr. And yeah, that has to do with user base, right? More people are using it and uploading photos with it, so that's how it gets number one. But it just helps cemented the idea that Apple was doing things in the mobile camera space that nobody else was. And so that's what I think of when I think, wow, how did they? How are they starting to kind of? Uh, lag behind in this area that they used to be so innovative and prolific at um and also something that jumps into my head is uh, it was like i want to say it might be six months ago now but mkbhd the popular youtuber he did a video um where he used like i want to say like 14 10 to 14 different smartphones and it was like a blind it was like a double blind study because he took photos with like the top 10 most popular smartphones and he posted photos in this video and he had people say like, hey, which one do you think looks better? A, B, C or D, you know, and he would pit four up against each other. Uh, something to that effect. You know, it's been a while since I've seen the video. But uh, in that test, I don't think an iPhone or a Pixel one. I think what people voted on. And again, this is without seeing any of the brands. They just like the way the photo looked. I think it was like the one, the one plus and some of these lesser known uh, Android devices that finished towards the top. I don't think it was either one of these. So just something to kind of keep this in perspective. But as we talk about the Pixel, I do know that I think, you know, in my opinion, the tech community has decided that the Pixel is doing the better things with cameras right now. Yeah. And the the thing you're mentioning, like the the blind test that uh, Marquez did a few weeks, months ago, like the the typical answer you would get from an Apple uh, enthusiast would be that well yeah maybe they didn't pick the iPhone but the iPhone has the truest uh, the most realistic uh, image or photo quality um, you know what you see on your iPhone or what you get from an iPhone camera is truly what you capture in real life and while that might be true that doesn't mean it makes for the best pictures like i don't care you know like people <laughs> are people are into filters and things like this for a reason uh, because because we don't really like what you know we prefer having photos that really pop or that i washed out or you know people don't necessarily like having uh like a perfect replica of of the picture they of what what they took and to me um that's kind of problematic like if you're going if you're going to if that's going to be Apple's stance, be like, we want the most, the truest picture we can get. That, that I think, leaves out a lot of people who don't really care. Like, the, mo the majority of people, they just want, want great-looking pictures with colors that pop and nice contrast and nice uh, uh, balance. 
And that's, I think, I think that's the direction where Apple should go instead of having the most fair uh, replication uh, of an image you're capturing. That, that again, that's that's my opinion. Um, that's only me, um, but um, that's something. I would. That's an advancement. An advance I would like to see Apple make uh, in the photo and, and camera in general. Yeah, it's. I've heard this argument a lot actually, and it even pops up when we're talking about screen like displays. Yeah, um, because the Samsung phones have long been highly regarded by their displays, and they use kind of these same tricks, right? They use very high contrast. They want the deeper, you know, the deeper or the brighter blues. They want the uh, um, the wider, you know, like it's it's just they use such high contrast levels that, it, as you said, they make them pop. And you got to think of where consumers are seeing these lined up next to other smartphones on the floor of Best Buy or let's say, you know, an AT&T or a Verizon store. And as you're walking by all these displays, all these smartphones, you go, wow, this one looks particularly good. And again, like as you mentioned, it doesn't mean it's like has the truest color. It just really stood out as being sharp, bright, bold. Bold's probably the word I would use because, again, I just imagine this display just using this high contrast with these really deep, bright blues that really make it stand out in a crowd. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Apple should go that way, but they should quit using their true color uh, stance as a benefit because it's. I think it's clear consumers aren't really drawn to that. Yeah, and, and this is great for pro photographers who want the most neutral, you know, uh, picture. They you know the most true authentic, picture, yeah. authentic. They can they can they can get and then work on it. But for people like you and me, for people like my mom who make ninety percent of iPhone buyers, we just want to have, you know, good pictures that look good on the phones and that are shareable on Instagram. Because really, that, that's where we see pictures now. Like, who prints pictures nowadays? Most people have all their pictures on their phone, uh, on iCloud or somewhere else. And then you just look at pictures on your phone. That's w- and that's where they need to pop. That's where they need to, to stand out. So... Who knows? Again, who knows what WWDC and 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 uh, the next iPhone announcement will unveil? But I doubt Apple will stir away from from this direction they've been on for a while. <laughs> Look at this picture I took of my son. That is the exact color red that his shirt was that day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's that's thread for thread, an exact match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to come up with. Is there uh okay, before we move on from the Pixel phone, is there uh do you think this puts pressure on Apple to maybe lower the price of its 10R a little bit? No. No. Okay. Yeah, they don't really ever feel they don't really ever feel that pressure to um uh they're not in that race to the bottom, right? No. They've never been that way. They've really just priced it how they see they're like we're going to make the best phone at the best price we can kind of deal. Yeah. Is there is there anything we're missing from the uh, pixels that we didn't mention? Mm, no. Um, there was some other hardware, but I'll tell you, it's not that interesting. Uh, they uh, some new home devices. I'll tell you what. This is how I look at the smart speaker, the the smart race or whatever. And this is just coming from me, somebody who writes, you know, about Apple. Um, I think Alexa's winning right now, and I think that. Uh, so I pay attention to them, and then I uh, obviously pay a lot of attention to Apple who is not anywhere close to the lead, but to me, they're doing some of the more interesting things. 
Um, and it's just in my field of interest. So I, I, I watch them. So I watch the leader, which is Amazon and Alexa. And then I watch Apple because it's my job. Yeah. So I, I really don't, it's Facebook and Microsoft and, uh, Google all kind of fall in the middle like meh. Now, if I'm missing something, feel free, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, he's, he's not aware of how good Google is. Well, I mean, share something with me, I guess, share me a link or something, but I just feel like it's just kind of a, nobody's really sticking out of the crowd outside of the two I mentioned. And again, the only reason Apple really sticks out is one, it's pretty far behind. And two, it's cause I, you know, I, part of my job is to pay attention to it. The cool thing about this, this uh, home hub uh, in the demo I saw of it was that it can actually track you as you move around. Oh so yeah, that's super cool. This is super neat because, you know, like usually I know when I'm FaceTime with my wife or with my parents or things like this, like I'm not just sitting on the couch and just looking at them. I'm uh, making food or I'm kind of moving around the house and it you have to, you know, you have to move with the iPad everywhere we go or with your phone if you're holding your phone. This thing like actually like locks in on you, uh, from what I understand, uh, and can just track you. I'm sure there's a limit to where it can track you, uh, but it adjusts the focus on your face. And then if you move a little bit to the right, it's going to follow you. This is really, really cool to me. Obviously not something that could be done easily, uh, with an iPad, for example. <laughs> I guess you would need like a, a compatible stand or rotatable uh, rotating stand or something like this. That would be actually a pretty cool uh, product. But uh, um, um, I found that was an interesting, um, not selling point, but an interesting feature of this home hub. Home hub sorry. As far as the other features, um, I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure you can watch YouTube videos on it and you huh. can probably ask it questions and and the weather and the news. And that's really all people seem to do with these devices anyway. So that's probably just as good as an, an Alexa device. I should be clear. I was kind of joking, like being sarcastic when I said, oh, that's super cool. Um, it's creepy to me when these things can tr- eye track you around the room. You know, the the Facebook portal does that. And I think that's what uh, is extra creepy to me because that's Facebook. And you're just like, ah, Facebook's following me around the room here. You get Mark Zuckerberg behind you. <laughs> I'm gonna get you, Cody. I'm gonna get you. He's yeah. He's they uh, project his image in like AR. <laughs> um, by the way, though, people do seem to be into this. We should make a product uh, of this base, this rotating base for the iPad or the iPhone. Yeah. It can't be that hard, right? I mean, there's face tracking software is out there. You know, motion tracking software hardware is out there. We could just cobble one together ourselves we could the problem is that if you want this to work with facetime it couldn't work because facetime is proprietary so you couldn't you know like to have it work with any other applications you make your own photo app and then you sell the stand that goes with it then it would be doable but you couldn't integrate with with facetime just it just wouldn't work just make the stand universal. Just there's a button on it. You tap the button and it and it'll turn the phone whichever way, direction you are. Mm. Right? So it doesn't have to work with the software at all. Just press the button on the base of the stand and uh, we'll talk about it offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get some Shark investors Tank. on and yeah. let's let's get a Kickstarter going. Yeah, man, let's get on Shark Tank. I think they're already they I think I've seen before, that was probably years ago, one of these for iPhone. I'm pretty sure I've seen something like this for iPhone in the past. So who knows? I dig up the patents and <laughs> <laughs> see if we've got a, a leg to stand on here. There was that 
it was a I think it was like for real estate agents, but it was uh it was an app that you could stand because the we're going way off topic here, but it was because the iPhone four was square. That line of iPhones was square. You could literally stand it up on a flat surface and you could turn the app on and it would use vibration patterns to rotate itself in a circle and basically take a 360 panorama uh, photo of the room that it was sitting in. And that actually did get on Shark Tank, and I think it got a deal with Mark Cuban. And I never heard of it again because I think <laughs> shortly after, Apple said, hey, we've got rounded edges on our iPhones now, <laughs> and it'll never stand up on a table in a million years. Um, so <laughs> just a little side note in history. Um, so, yeah, anyways, back to these uh, the hub things. Um yeah, you know, and Google's very well positioned. I don't mean to write them off as a contender in this space, which I think I kind of did, um, or at least that's the impression I gave. I don't mean to write them off. It's just that at the moment, I don't feel like they're doing anything that really stands out. But they have all the resources in the world, and they just have all your data. So <laughs> it's not going to be that uh, not going to be that tough for them. I don't think to to come up with cool features here. Um, do you have any Alexa products? No, I don't. Do you? Uh, I didn't until recently. Uh, somebody sent me for, you know, just to like try out a sound bar, a JBL sound bar. And the sound bar itself is awesome. It sounds great. Sound bars are a great idea, in my opinion. Like if you don't want a full-blown surround sound system, but you want better sound than what your TV's giving you, find a decent sound bar for cheap because they are just such a great deal. Um, anyways, they... Uh, this JBL one um, has a built-in, it looks like a built-in Echo Dot at the top. It's a circle, and it's a, uh, it, but anyways, it's Alexa. It has built-in Alexa. And from the moment you plug this thing in, Alexa's like trying to get you to connect her to, to Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, just immediately, it's just like, please connect me to Wi-Fi. And I'm like, well, I'm probably, you know, I'm not, I, I can't get to it right now. I'll do it later. And then she just says it like every 10 minutes, like, I'm still not connected to Wi-Fi. And I'm like, well, now I don't know if I want to connect you, Alexa. You got to chill out. And uh, so after a while, like, I don't know. Anyways, what really creeps me out, though, is that even from like several rooms away or even down a story, down a floor, she'll hear you. But because she's not connected to Wi-Fi, she's like, I'm sorry, I can't answer that. You know, but it's just how weird. I don't know. She's acting really weird, and it's and given all the reports you've seen with Amazon and Alexa in the last uh, several weeks, you know, like they said, they've got a ton of people listening into Alexa commands. Um, there was all these reports of Alexa accidentally recording a conversation in one house and then sending that conversation to somebody else. Um, I don't. There's just been a lot of weird stuff happening, and. I'll tell you what, this is the creepiest gadget I've owned or that's been in my possession. Um, just because of one, obviously the the constant need to want to be connected. And two, the fact that she's listening, even when I didn't ask her, you know, like I've I'm trying to avoid even dealing with the Alexa side of things right now and just use the soundbar for a soundbar. And it just doesn't seem possible. And it feels like the robot's getting angry that I'm not connecting them to their brain <laughs> oh man i don't know i just thought i'd share because i well i did see on twitter over the weekend somebody was saying i can't even give my echo dot away and uh and then somebody chimed in and said 
yeah, I have five Echo Dots in a box right now, all turned off with like tinfoil over the top so they can't transmit. I think this is the thing. I think people are starting to get kind of weirded out by these. But yeah, just this one's really, I've never had to my, I can't think of an Alexa product. I, I feel like I've been sent some before. I'm trying to think. Okay, at the moment right now, I cannot think of any other Alexa products I've owned. And this one is just creepy. Which is a bummer because it's a really nice soundbar otherwise. You can't just like, you know, take a, uh, a screwdriver and pop it out or something. <laughs> just drive it, just drive it through the brain. No. Um, I don't know. I haven't tried. Again, it does look like a circle Echo Dot sitting on the top of this thing, but it's built into it. No, I haven't tried prying it. And to be honest, I haven't dug deep enough into like the mobile app to see if I could just really disable it at like a systems preference level. Um, I would assume man, there is a feature for to like an option to disable it completely. You would have to, to, yeah, you would have to hope so because you'd have to know that this would happen <laughs> at some point and that people would just want to use it as you know a soundbar. So yeah, that's the story of Alexa trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun to joke about, and obviously, I'm never really scared, scared. But it def it, it it's funny I have to like lay that out. I'm never scared, scared. I'm gonna stop believing you're actually scared and you're having nightmares oh, and stuff and you're getting up no, in the middle I'm of the night. I'm telling you though. I'm telling you though, you're sitting here by yourself, maybe you're watching Game of Thrones, all the lights are off, the volume's cranked up, and then just out of the other room, you know, several rooms away, you hear I'm sorry, I cannot help you. And I'm just like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's it's eerie. It can get eerie just because you're like, man, these things didn't exist 10 years ago. Like the future really snuck up on me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Let's move on. Let's move on from my my fear of Alexa takeovers here. Yeah, um last thing from uh, what's this called? IO that I wanted to <laughs> to brush up onto is the search because you know that's what Google does. That's how it started anyway. Search and they're pretty good at it, and they're adding uh, tons of AR um, overlay to search. So you can, I think, you can search for images, you know, and see like the picture of a car or something on your screen. But and okay, they they have something kind of cool but kind of useless uh, that they demoed. You can go to a restaurant and uh, like shine your camera on the menu, and it can highlight the the best items on the menu. So that's based on Google reviews. Obviously, you can see photos of items on the menu. So if you go to this place and you're looking for the big boy burger or something, it can show you a picture of the big boy burger from Google reviews. Again, I thought that was pretty cool from like a technical standpoint. Um, then, other than that, I'm not sure if it's something that would be used. Like when I, I, I guess going to a restaurant, it would never occur to me, even if I had this feature, to take my phone out of my pocket and like start looking, uh, you know, uh, launching the camera app and just looking at the menu through the camera app to see stuff on the menu. I don't know. That just doesn't. It, it's it's to me it's the story of Google like they do things because they can do it but not necessarily because they make tons of sense. Um, so right. we'll see 
we'll see if this picks up you know maybe when i move back to the states this summer everybody will go to, will be looking at these menus with their phone <laughs> and I'll be like oh crap i totally missed this boat <laughs> <laughs> i was way off <laughs> but i uh i i doubt it um the cool thing they're doing with AR, which I think was maybe an item on a uh, fantasy draft we did in the past, and that's definitely something I've been thinking of and I've wanted Apple to do, is AR in Maps, like in Google Maps. So, you know, when you have these um, turn-by-turn directions, I don't know if yep. it's just for walking directions, which would make more sense than just general directions. Um, so you can... Uh, you know, put your phone in front of you and you see the actual street and then you have like big overlays, AR overlays of uh, directions like turn right or, you know, big blue arrow pointing to Davis Street telling you to turn right here. It's right here that you get a turn. This is pretty cool. To me, like this is a great use of AR um, in mapping. And honestly, like, this is one of the best uses of AR I can think of in general. Like, you know, like a useful purpose. I'm not talking about gaming and stuff like this. Like, to me, this is truly, truly useful. And that's something I hope um, Apple would implement in, in Maps in the future and hopefully this year. Yeah, we've talked about this before because yeah. uh, I had mentioned the Yellow Pages app from years yeah, ago. One of yeah. the one of the first apps I tried. And what really stuck out to me, though, was that one would tell you the restaurant you're looking for is down here. Or if you're looking for restaurants, here are some of them. And they kind of showed it to you in an overlay fashion of AR. Um, you mentioned walking directions, but I got to think driving, right? You're If you're walking, you're not going to just hold your phone up in front of you as you're walking. Um, you might hold it up once and be like, okay, well, this is where I go straight. But if you've got multiple directions in that, like you're going to turn right up here and then you're going to turn left. You're not going to pick up your phone every time. Like, that's really where I enjoy the watch, actually, as it taps you. Like, double tap. Okay, I'm going to go right. Okay, tap. I'm going to go left. Um, so, I don't know if I get the holding your phone up with the AR. That, and that's what's weird to me about AR and Maps. But I agree with you. It's a very cool feature. And if you are using Google Maps in your vehicle as you're driving, that's really cool. That's very futuristic because you've seen some of these newer cars like the Audis. They've got the full dash display where it's not just like you don't just have here's your speed, here's your oil, you know, here's your RPMs. It's a whole digital display that they can put anything across. And sometimes they'll put the the turn by turn directions across this. And uh, to think about that being AR where it's almost like you're digitally driving as you're really driving. Um, definitely some cool ideas there. Yeah. I think that wraps it up for IO unless you have more to to say about it nope i was going to move us along to the uh to the apple portion of this apple podcast but uh <laughs> i know i know we first got to take a break and get a word from our sponsor yes as i was telling you at the beginning of this show uh, this episode of let's talk ios is sponsored by luna display we thank them for their continuing support it's been several weeks now we really appreciate it and i personally appreciate it as a product that i use um if you're brand new to this podcast, you never heard of Luna Display. Well, Luna Display is a hardware solution that can turn your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. You can actually use your iPad as a second display for your Mac with great image quality and pretty much zero lag. As I was telling you before, you can set it up in just a few seconds. Like Luna Display is a little 
hardware thing. So it comes as a tiny, cute, red, little USB dongle. They make different versions. Uh, the one I have is USB-C because I have uh, one of the newer MacBooks. Uh, they also have the uh, USB-A, I think, version. And so you plug this in into your Mac. Uh, you download the Luna Display application on your iPad. Uh, assuming you're on the same Wi-Fi network, you just launch your iPad, uh, your the Luna Display app on your iPad, and boom, here you go. You have your Max display on, on your iPad. Um, so you can use it as a secondary display or you can use it to mirror uh, what you see on, on, your, on your Mac. And this is a great way to experience, as I've said before, you can actually experience what macOS would be like if it allowed for touch interactions. Like imagine macOS on an iPad. Well, you can actually have this with Luna Display. Uh, it works as a complete extension to your Mac. It has full support for external keyboards, Apple Pencil, and touch interaction. So you can completely uh, turn your Mac into uh, your iPad into a touchable device, macOS at the touch of your fingers. That should be the new um, line for Luna Display. Um, let's talk iOS listeners can get an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Go check it out. Seriously, at least check it out. You don't have to buy it. It's lunadisplay.com. But if you buy it, enter promo code TALK at checkout. And it will tell the guys of Luna Display that you're coming from us and you'll get 10% of discount. Again, it's lunadisplay.com, L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com. Uh, enter your promo code TALK. Everything is in the show notes and um, you get an, a 10% discount. My thanks, or our thanks, I should say, to Luna Display for their continuing support of this show. Yes. And let's talk iOS in general. Okay, so let's let's jump right into this here uh, on the Apple side of things. Uh, the first up, we have a report on uh, uh, from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman that Apple is working on a multi-user mode for HomePod. Okay, and so this would allow you to have um, different settings for different people, um, scenes, so to speak, uh, that would allow you to or these two different features. So it's like. Multi-user for HomePod, but you could also set up scenes. The example that's used here is uh, that, like, if you're throwing a party, you could have it set up where the HomePod wouldn't be activated by everybody saying everything, right? Yeah. Um, so, which is a problem. Like, the HomePod, I don't know if people who don't have HomePods know this, but it's not tailored to your voice like the iPhone is. Generally, anybody can say, hey, you know, yo, Siri, and uh, the thing will respond. So if you're having a party and and, and it's, it also will mistake things, it's not as accurate. It, it's, it will sometimes go, yes, it'll answer. And you didn't necessarily say, yo, Siri, maybe you said something that kind of sounds like it. So if you're having a party, you can see where this could come and you know, be a problem because the music will kick off while Siri tries to respond to pretty much everybody. Um, so I thought this was kind of cool, but as somebody who uses, actually uses their HomePod a lot and has multiple people in the household, what do you think of this multi-user feature. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm all into it. That's something I think should have shipped right off the bat with HomePod to make it uh, a little smarter from the get-go. Uh, we are four people here now. My son is has picked up on it from my daughter. He starts talking to Siri to the HomePod and telling it to do things and sometimes it's annoying, you know? Like I don't want to mess up my uh, music library and I know you can uh, you, there are some settings uh, that I have enabled and you can enable on HomePod to not mess it up 
or pollute it with uh, searches from other people. Um, but I just would like to keep things separate. When I ask uh, Siri on the HomePod what's on my schedule today, or really what I do more often than asking what's on my schedule, that rarely happens, but uh, setting reminders like, hey, uh, remind me to do this tomorrow. That's something I do a lot. And that's something my wife actually does too. Um, but she can't do it on the HomePod because the HomePod is linked to my account. So now if we could create users and I could say, well, Tina is my wife. Uh, anytime you pick up her voice, make sure that anything related to calendar, notes, reminders, things like this is tied to our own account. And by the way, this is our account. We have we use family sharing, so that should be pretty easy to set up. You know, I could just say, hey, this is my wife's account and and you know linked it link it to it. Uh, so that's something I would definitely use. That's something that would make total sense. Um, being able to recognize if it's me, my wife, or even my children, uh, being able to tell it's my daughter and uh, it could, you know, she could create her own playlists and things like this, again, without polluting my own Apple Music resorts. I would be um, very, very grateful about that. And I'm seeing here if there was any other features mentioned in this. I don't think there is. But you definitely gave some good examples of how that could be how multi-home uh, or I'm sorry, multi-user mode for the HomePod could uh, benefit yeah. users. I agree, though. It should have shipped with this. This was something we actually talked about as the run up to the release of the HomePod that we just kind of assumed Apple was going to do this because otherwise it would be, you know, you would hit some of the snags that you, it sounds like you've hit in terms of uh, different users with different iCloud accounts trying to all use the HomePod for their own personal um, uh, tasks. Yeah. And, and my wife, she also has her own playlists on Apple Music uh, from her own account. And right. she, you know, she wants to play them. And sometimes what she does, or most of the time what she does, she just airplays it from her phone. But it would be much more convenient if you could say, you know, play this, play this playlist. And, and the HomePod would be small enough, to, and I hope it's small enough, uh, <laughs> to understand that it's coming from her and link it to, to, to the playlist from her. So again, like there, there is different uh, scenarios where this would be very helpful in a household of two plus people. Right. And, you know, just thinking, um, Apple didn't skimp on the hardware here for the HomePod, right? right? It's got a very smart processor. There's lots of microphones in there. So you got to think that it, it's, it's just a software thing at this point for them to be able to build that. Uh, and it's easy to forget, right? Because you just see this as a Bluetooth speaker, but it's running an actual, uh, I don't know if it's called an operating system. It's running firmware, though. And so that's something that can be updated. We've seen updates for it in the past. And that's something that features can be added to it like this. It's kind of a cool thing to think about because yeah. there's no display here. Uh, so you just, you kind of forget that it's a computer running computer programs. Yeah. Um, was there anything else about this HomePod report? I really want to get onto the iPhone <laughs> talk. No. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah. Um. Man, there's just been so much talk about this iPhone. Okay, before we get into this, what do you think of this square camera concept that everybody uh, keeps throwing around? Is this not one of the ugliest? Like, I don't. I know it's a concept, but people keep sharing it, adding weight to the theory, right? Like, there's just a certain point where you go, okay, this isn't just like some random person's drawing. Like, this is based on on uh, internal details, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like it's going to happen in one way or another. Like I, I think German said 
uh, also that there were going to be three cameras on the back of the iPhone XS. So you know it's going to be... I mean, this ha- this rumor has to come true, I think. There is just too much fire, uh, too, too much smoke, sorry, to not have a fire behind it. And if you're going to have three cameras, the only real way you can do this is in some sort of triangle. And you're not <laughs> going to have like a triangle in the back of the phone, so you want to make it a square. And it's just like... I don't know. I'm not, you know, I wasn't a big fan. I'm not a big fan of the two camera, the two cameras on the back of the iPhone XS, like the vertical alignment of the camera and the, and the, the microphone and this, and the uh, LED flash. It just doesn't, it's just not visually appealing to me. Uh, it makes the phone stand out though. That's something. It makes the iPhone stand out. When you see the back of this phone, you know, it's an iPhone and it's an iPhone 10. And that, that's something. But other than that, yeah, this this square back, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that. You know, there was a initially when when these rumors first started floating around, there was two designs. There was this really terrible looking square design that seems to have taken uh, uh, prominence. But there was also a three camera uh, horizontal uh, style layout that that I actually really like. So if you imagine about where the Apple logo sits on most iPhones. Um, there was a three camera layout. It just looked like a little tiny strip and there was three lenses all in a row and it sat horizontally. And I thought, you know what? This looks futuristic. If, as long as it's symmetrical, right. And Apple's great about making things symmetrical. I think that's why I don't mind the, uh, uh, the camera bump on the current iPhones, the two lenses. It's just, it, they, they put it right in the right spot. If it was like a pixel to the left or a pixel to the right, I'd be like, ugh. But they put it right in the right spot and they kind of own it, you know, to a degree. They put a little uh, mold around it. It really sticks out, but the rest of the iPhone looks great. So this just feels like a, uh, you know, just like a feature or a characteristic of it. But the square ones, man, every time I see it, I just, my eyes kind of roll back. Like, yeah. really? Like, this is even more out there than, than any of these previous designs we've seen from apple and and it kind of reminds me i think it was the iphone 5 when we started seeing the two-tone backs of these phones right Mm -hmm. there was a big band of just a totally different color and the initial reaction was these look terrible yeah and i know it's not the same thing because this is really just like a characteristic of the phone and it just really sticks out like a sore thumb but I'm hoping it has the same effect because that design of the two tone eventually kind of grew on me. I was like, okay, yes, this isn't definitely. terrible looking. Yeah, but the but the square lens is gonna take some work to grow on me. And I, I, you know, I'm there's still a part of me that's hoping that this is just not correct. Maybe Apple's content to let these you know false rumors kind of float around, and maybe the real thing's gonna look a lot better. Um, but uh, honestly, all signs are pointing to the opposite. But anyways, so from German's report, uh, there's a lot of stuff reiterated, right? Like mm-hmm. stuff that we've already been aware of, that these phones are going to look largely like their predecessors. Are are we going to call these? What are we going to call these? Mm-hmm. What do you even want to call them just on the site as we write about them? iPhone 11? 10SS? <laughs> 10, 10SX? <laughs> 10SXS? 10SS? 10S? 10S? 10RS? 10SS Max? Or 10S Max S? iPhone iPhone 10 Super Nintendo? iPhone 11. But again, that's going to be a discussion we're going to have, I think, very soon. Like, Is it going to be 11, an X, and an I, or the number 11, a 1 and a 1? 
that's gonna be that's gonna be part of a uh, of a, a future fantasy draft, my friend. So. Yeah, let's. Uh, well, unless we just see it leaked on materials ahead of time, but uh, let's just. I say we just move forward and just call them by their code names, D43 and D44. <laughs> yes. So I'm never going to remember that. And I know you won't either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just call them the next iPhones. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, all, that's, that's my default is the new iPhones or the next gen iPhones. Upcoming iPhones. 2019 iPhone. iPhones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's, that's going to get weird for Apple. They kind of painted themselves into a corner here. But so anyways, um, so some of the highlights from the report, uh, German says that TSMC, which is a manufacturer of chips, they have started uh, test production uh, of the custom Apple A13 chips that's going to go in these iPhones. They did that back in April. Mass production is expected to begin as early as this month. Um, the uh, got the code names. They're going to look similar to the versions. Here you go. We'll gain a third camera. Um, it doesn't say square, but. Uh, it's it's weird. You mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the uh, Pixel phones, but it's like, what is the third lens for? And I know he says in this report, let's go ahead and mention it now, that uh, there's going to be a deeper zoom, which I think is huge. I think that's the last kind of, that's the last of the Mohicans, so to speak, for the features that the mobile smartphones need. They need better zoom. That's like the last, I don't, I don't even know if you call it low-hanging fruit. No, and it also it also says in in his report that it's gonna have or it should have ultra wide angle lens for larger and more detailed photo. This is interesting as well, like ultra wide. You know, more you get capture more of a scene in 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 your photo. To me, this is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Both of those kind of combined, right? So yeah. deeper zoom, uh, and that's just something that always sticks out to me. You know, like if I ever see. I'm the type of person that if I see a cool scene, I'm like, wow, that looks cool. I'll try to take a picture of it because on the off chance that it becomes a brilliant looking photo, I'll usually post it to Instagram or somewhere. But 99% of the time, it doesn't turn out. And I would say a large reason <laughs> for that is because the zoom didn't work like I wanted to, you know, like, so if it's a cool sunset or if it's cool, like maybe the moon looks huge and then you whip out your phone and you go, yeah, here's time to take a picture of this huge moon and it looks far away. And you're like, well, that's terrible. Yeah. So then you try to use the little digital zoom. And then I always end up switching the camera mode versus it's so dumb how close the digital zoom slider is. Agreed. To the camera mode, because I will try to get a shot quick, right? You only have a second sometimes to catch that quick shot. And then it flips over to like slow-mo. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to take a slow-mo video of this thing I'm driving past. <laughs> but anyways, that's another discussion. Uh, but... So I'm excited, I guess, need to say I'm excited about the uh, the enhanced zoom portion. Um, so it, I'm thinking of things that they could use that third camera for. You mentioned the wider angle. That's also uh, interesting. But it does kind of feel like, you know, there was a megapixel race back in the day. And I think Nokia won by getting to like 42 megapixels. <laughs> but did it matter? Like, did that help them sell a bunch of phones? I don't think so. Um, there's a race in the... Uh, in the razor, right? Like these uh, razor you, you use to shave hair off your face and things like that. How many blades can you add to your razor? The eight blade, you know, <laughs> no bumps or no no missed hair. Smooth shave with eight blades. And that's kind of the vibe I get to a lesser extent. But when Apple goes, we now have three lenses. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, you know, we'll see how they pitch it. And again, we got to see how the feature is. Uh, 
how the features actually are and how they're usable, but uh, it's kind of a turnoff. I get why you said, I don't know about a third lens, because it's it's kind of a turnoff, to, especially when you see what Google and other companies are doing with just software these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree um, yeah, so uh, for the 10R successor, that one's going to get a second lens. Again, I like Apple's two-lens design. I don't mind it, so this just seems normal to me. Um, there's also mention of this wireless charging feature on the back that we're seeing with the current crop of Galaxy phones. It's it's not a great look for Apple that Samsung launches this feature six months before they do. It just, you know, it, it just looks like Apple came second here. But I like that Apple is already... If this materializes in phones, that's a good sign for me because sometimes Apple lags years behind in features like this. Uh, think of how long it took them to get wireless charging. Um, but something like this, and I've already seen, you know, I can imagine and I've seen in demos and videos how handy this feature can be to get a little bit of juice for your AirPods or some other device by simply laying it on the back of your iPhone. So I'm... I like that this is a continued rumor, right? This is something we've heard multiple times from multiple sources. I really hope this materializes in September. Yeah, uh, he does. He does mention that the the, the new iPhone XS, um, XS will be and the XS Max will be a little <laughs> bit thicker and heavier as well. And that I'm curious to find out what it's. What is this about? Is this about, uh, is this, uh, screen related? Is this lens related? Like, is this third lens making the phone heavier and thicker? Is this, uh, related to the wireless charging on the back for, uh, your AirPods or some, or whatever it may be to charge your, um, AirPods on top of the phone? Um, that's something I'm curious about because I know as it is, like, my iPhone tennis already feels heavy. And, uh, and, and thick. That, you know, like Apple for, for a while had this obsession, obsession with, uh, getting things thinner and lighter. And over the past, like three or four years, they've been reverting back on that. And each subsequent device is thicker and heavier than the previous one. Um, and that's not something, again, I'm looking forward to. Didn't you say that was something you liked about the 10R that you were uh, trying out? Was that it felt lighter because it's the weight spread over a larger surface area? Yes, it did. It did feel lighter. It wasn't, but it felt like it was, and and, right. and that that was that was nice. That was nice. And going back to to the 10S, like it's it's noticeable that it, it's a pretty heavy uh, phone. You know, it's a pretty heavy phone. You forget about it when you live with it. Every, you know, every day, but. Uh, when you switch back and forth like this, that's where it really stands out. Yeah, it's and it's something I probably have just kind of forgotten about as I use my 10s Max. And I think it's a similar maybe effect as you experienced with the 10R in that it's the weight spread over a larger area. So it doesn't feel so heavy, especially in one spot, like not as compacted, if that makes sense. Yep. But uh, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how noticeable the, the weight change in the... You know, I would be okay with the thicker uh, uh, body or profile if it helped maybe mask some of the uh, the camera bump. Like if they could fit the entire... And as, you know, I wanted to correct, I think I said earlier that German didn't mention what the layout of the lenses would be. He actually does. He says this is going to be arranged uh, to fit in a square at the top left of the back of the phone. So um, German adding his weight... Uh, considerable weight to the uh to the, the iphone that these things are going to be a square yeah <laughs> oh i see what you did there nice uh 
but uh yeah it's uh if they could somehow not make that as as that bump as uh noticeable as significant as as it is now then i would be okay with the thickness i think you might have hit it on the head though with the wireless charging on the back for that to work they've got to put coils in here and they've got to put some type of um barrier between the coils and the battery right like i don't think you want to sit these hot charging coils on top of the battery pack um so there's got to be some type of uh one i don't know the word i'm looking for here but yeah i, I know what you mean that, but there are yeah. already coils inside for, of the iphone 10s for, oh, yeah, for, for the wireless charging for the wireless yeah. charging i mm. i don't i'm honestly i have no Is idea it a second set of coils yeah, like two coils can you have like <laughs> coils that work both ways like take and send as well i don't know i don't know how it works uh but i certainly wouldn't expect apple to increase the weight and um the profile of an iphone just for a feature like this like the reverse charging thing it's just you know it's it's cool to have as a feature uh it's not one that should impact uh, anything else on the phone in any way i think because it's not going to be like this amazing feature that you're using all the time Right. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a smart take on it. I'm just, I'm, you know, it's not like they're going to make the battery bigger, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see if, uh, you got to think they're going to make it worth it, though. Because you were right in mentioning that they have had this obsession with thinner and uh, lighter. And so for them to kind of revert on that, especially for a product as important to them as the iPhone, uh, you'd think they'd have good reason. Yeah, you had an iPhone SE not long ago. Like th- these things are pleasure to hold in your hand. They're <laughs> yeah. they're so they're so light and and like this super thin profile. And I know that I don't think they're as thin as uh, are they as thin as an iPhone XS? I have one of each in my hand right now. Oh, it looks like same same to an iPhone XS. Maybe a little thicker than an iPhone XS, but it feels really good in your hand. Like it's it's I mean it is literally light. So of course it feels light. Uh, it was, it was still to this day one of my favorite designs. You know, I couldn't go back to it because of the home button and the screen size How and everything. Small the is, yeah. B- but that's to me like one of the most memorable phone iPhones I've had. Uh, all this, you know, five five S. That was a great phone. I still have my iPhone SE actually somewhere around here, just kind of like as a backup device. And uh, I think there's an issue because I bought it. I've got a great deal on it through a uh, like a prepaid offer. I didn't use it for prepaid, but you could buy it as a prepaid phone and you could flip it uh, uh, over to postpaid, basically. But I think in order for me to sell it unlocked, something has to happen, and I never really looked into it. So I was like, oh, I'll just keep it as like a backup phone or whatever. But, uh, you know, I bet that phone would work with that stupid camera app that you got to stand up on a table. <laughs> yep. So there's still a market for you guys. You're still in it. <laughs> Just got to get a hold of the iPhone SE users. <laughs> oh man, you're right though. That thing is a pleasure to hold, and I love. I'm. This is something I made note of uh, when I was using it as my daily phone. But you'd put it in your pocket and forget about it. Oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. It just just nothing compared to what a lot of these bigger phones feel like when you're carrying them around. Yep. Um. Are we missing anything from this iPhone report? Again, it just felt like there was just some reiteration here. I'm trying to think if I've read about any other glaring rumors uh, for the next gen iPhone. Like, was maybe better water protection, you know, more water resistance or something like that? I feel like that was brought up at one point. Um, 
smaller uh this was definitely been brought up multiple times is a smaller uh face id bar right so the the uh notch on the front uh is expected i believe to get smaller uh, so it's not as noticeable which honestly i i really don't even notice it anymore do you yeah no i i, I don't and uh it's it's part of the of the iphone's identity i feel like like the home button was part of the iphone identity now the 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 notch feels like it's when you see the notch you think iphone right away yeah, same way this square camera set yeah. <laughs> is gonna. Be. It looks like a it looks like a robot killer robot face. <laughs> like it just does not. It's not subtle at all. You know, I feel like Apple's always been really good at subtle designs. This thing just sticks out at you. Like, take me to your leader. You know, like, <laughs> and then but, they take uh, you to the to the soundboard down in your living room with Alexa on it. You're like, no, <laughs> no, they're working together now. You guys are different platforms. <laughs> oh man, that's when we're in trouble when they start talking to each other. Uh oh man. Side note, I did read a story the other day about uh, I can't re- I can't remember who was working with these robots. I want to say it was in Asia somewhere. Uh, I'll have to Google it later. But <laughs> this robot like started crying and begged not to be unplugged like turned off like they said we're gonna shut you down now and you're gonna be that's it and it like started begging them not to turn it off and i was like okay that's enough internet for today was that a feature like they yeah the robot didn't learn how to how to beg right i think it i think it i think it surprised them like they it's not something they built in for it to specifically say that i think it literally just I don't know. I'm not saying it was completely self-aware. I don't know. I probably should be talking about this after reading like a half-baked headline. But I just, again, that's something I came across a few days ago. And I was like, oh, man, we're in trouble. Now you're scaring me. (laughs) Yeah, the writing's on the wall here, people. (laughs) Anyways, I feel like like this is one of our darker darker episodes. Honey, back your Um, shit. We're moving to the forest. (laughs) Kids, pick your two favorite toys, a bottle of water, and your Swiss Army knife. <laughs> no iPads. Sorry, they're not coming. They're, they've been compromised. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, on that note, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, I think people want to know, like, are, you, are we excited for this year's iPhones? Like, have we heard enough? I, I'm trying to think of where we were at this time last year in, in relation to the rumors of last year's iPhones. I think we weren't that excited because we knew that the iPhone 10, right, which had been released the year before, we knew that that year's iPhones were going to be nearly identical. We knew there was going to be Face ID again, maybe a little bit better Face ID, but we just knew that there wasn't going to be a whole lot of innovation hardware-wise. This year, it does feel like there's a little more, right, with the third camera lens. However you feel about it, that's definitely a, a bigger addition than than what we were talking about this time last year. Yeah. Uh, but gauge it for me. Where how do you, how are you feeling about this year's iPhones? Are you looking forward to it? Are you more interested in maybe what's going to happen at WWDC with iOS 13? Where are you at? Yeah, I think I'm more into the software this year than I am into into the hardware. And again, who knows? We might be surprised. But as far as anticipation goes, uh, so far, like my excitement is into the software and not so much the hardware. What about you? Yeah, I feel like that's almost where we're at in general these days right just because hardware has kind of reached this point of okay it's already lightning fast how much faster are you going to make it you know how much other than this third camera lens again i'm really interested to see uh 
to see what happens there. And honestly, I, I keep bringing this up, but that rear charging thing, it's not like I'm super pumped about the feature that it's this cutting edge type thing. I just feel like that's going to come in handy at some point when I go, oh, I'm glad my phone does this. Yeah. Um. So that's just kind of a nice addition. But I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm more interested in software just because of what we've seen um, rumored in the software mill. You know, the dark mode, the the home screen changes, the stuff for iPad. I mean, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think they have more room to innovate there. Yeah. Boom. I think that wraps it up unless you have something else you want to say about iPhones or robots. No. <laughs> or death death robots. <laughs> oh man. No, I'm I'm good and if you're good too, I, I guess we can meet again uh, next week same place same time. I will be here. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> This is my favorite episode of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good placement. Once again, that's two weeks in a row. You did it good. You did it good. All right, my robot friend. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right, I'll be here. Peace. <laughs> uh, Your robot voice is so much better than mine. <laughs> I like, well, yeah, I like doing that. I like doing the the female version right like thank you <laughs> that was pretty good yeah you know yeah. like yeah it's like this it's almost creepier when it's a woman because you you're expecting like this uh warm like loving character and then it's cold-blooded like yeah. they don't care they don't care about you at all <laughs>